So my prepared message um, is on freedom. I think over the last few weeks, uh, months to be honest, um, I've really just been going with my heart, uh, my soul, my gut, when it comes to um, my prepared messages. And um, one of the words that has uh, been circulating in my soul has been this word freedom. So I want to read uh, a passage out of the Gospel of John, and uh, my message will touch on that and a couple other passages as well. But this, uh, this feels like a, a good passage to begin with. This is out of John chapter 8, starting with verse 31. And Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, you truly are my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they responded, well, we are Abraham's children. We've never been anyone's slaves. How can you say that we will be set free? And Jesus answered, I assure you that everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave isn't a permanent member of the household, but a son is. And therefore, if the Son, capital S, makes you free, you really will be free. So one of the things that I've come to be aware of is that a common yearning and longing that binds us all together as human beings is this yearning and longing for freedom. It's such a valued part of our identity as a nation that we have fought wars to make sure that we declare our independence as well as make it possible for other nations to experience their freedom and independence as well. It's also part of our cultural identity that people have the right to exercise their freedoms in whatever way they choose. And we may have a difference of opinion as to what extent those freedoms can be exercised, but to even have the space to hold our own view is a part of that freedom. So freedom really is very much a part of our national identity it's so much that we set aside days, rightly so, to recognize this freedom. So this past Friday, on June 19th, we recognized what is called Juneteenth, also known as Freedom Day or Jubilee Day, a day celebrating the liberation of those who had been held as slaves in the United States. On July 4th, we will celebrate Independence Day, commemorating the Declaration of independence on July 4th, 1776, which declared the 13 American colonies were no longer subject to and ruled by Britain. They were now free and independent states. And even with our declarations of freedom, we as a nation have continually needed to revisit what I would call our shadow side and look for our best self as others have held us accountable to our vision of freedom for everyone. For example, what's called the suffrage movement in the 19th century as women struggled for the right and the freedom to vote. The civil rights movement and people of color and their leaders struggling for among many things, the right to vote as well as to simply live freely as human beings with other human beings. Martin Luther King Jr. in his 1963 speech at the end of his famous I Have a Dream speech uh, said these words, quote, if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. 
But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and molehill of Mississippi, from every mountainside, let freedom ring. And when this happens, and when we allow freedom to ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. So there has always been within, within our hearts and within our souls and, and with the, the, the soul of our country and the soul of our nation to some degree, this yearning and longing for freedom. But in our quest for external freedom, how much have we experienced the inward freedom that is ours through the grace of God and the work of the Spirit. Now, the biblical story tells the story of a people who have been set free by God, but yet struggle with the inward freedom of their heart and soul. And as I always like to say, this is our story. This is everyone's story. The Israelites who are set free from Egypt, but when they get into the desert, all they can think about is going back to Egypt because learning to trust God and devote their lives to God and one another is a lot harder than living in bondage in Egypt. And I think sometimes we would rather live in bondage to our old ways, at least we appear so, than to live in the freedom of trusting God with new understandings and new awareness. It's always easy to live in what we know than to be open to what we don't know and to be open to new awareness and new understandings that actually breathe life into us, that would actually set us free. In the Gospels, Jesus contends with those that he has set free to faithfully follow him, but yet they would rather stick with the external marks of spiritual achievement to measure their spiritual, um, to measure their spiritual value. Jesus offers them fullness and abundance of life, but they would rather live within these narrow constrictions and restrictions uh, confined to these legalistic benchmarks of the soul. Jesus is offering them life, but in some ways they would rather just check things off a religious list to make sure that they are following all of their shoulds and oughts. The Apostle Paul himself was set free by the grace of God, and he preaches this gospel of spiritual freedom and faith in Christ to all those, again, hanging on to this old system of spiritual shoulds and oughts. So to be outwardly free is one thing, but to be inwardly free is to experience God's grace in this transformative way that enables us to bring this healing and flourishing, this transformative presence to our world. So I may be free outwardly, but I may still harbor hate, bitterness, and vengeance in my heart. I may be free outwardly, but I may still feel imprisoned by my mistakes, by my failures, by my past shames. I may be free outwardly, but I find myself imprisoned by my cynicism, by my hopelessness, by my hopeless outlook for the future and for life. I may be free outwardly, but I'm still in bondage to a grudge I hold uh, about someone, or I withhold forgiveness, or I withhold love, or I withhold encouragement, I even withhold affirmation. I may be free outwardly, but I find myself still attached to people's approval or attached to their expectations, or I'm still attached to their need for their validation. I may be free outwardly, but I find myself still bound up by my fears and my anxiousness of things I can't control of the future. I may be free outwardly, but I find myself still imprisoned by a heart that's numb, 
which I've choked off all feeling and all openness to others. And I really just simply refuse to let others in. And quite honestly, I may be free outwardly. I may be able to go wherever I want to go and walk wherever I want to walk. But I find myself still imprisoned to my fear of others and my own prejudices, especially to those I perceive who are different from me or I don't know anything about. Jesus said, the truth will set you free. Again, I quote, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now this was part of a larger conversation with the Jews who believed in him, but they were struggling with moving beyond their credentials as Abraham's children and moving towards living in faithful discipleship to Jesus. The biggest question they were asking is, what else do we have to do? And as John writes in his gospel, quote, Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, what would set them free was not relying on what I have been calling these religious credentials as children of Abraham, but rather living in the way of Jesus and in the way of God's kingdom, and the way of God's kingdom of love and grace. And you've probably heard me say that phrase, living in the way of Jesus, before. And I would simply define it this way, to do it the way Jesus did it and practiced it. To live in the way of Jesus is to see and read and know Jesus in the Gospels and is to live our life in the way Jesus lived his and the way Jesus practiced his life. The truth that would set them free was not a propositional truth or a creed or a doctrinal statement. Rather, it was this truth embodied in the life and the way of Jesus as well an awareness of coming to terms with the truth of their own lives. Jesus as the truth shows us through his life and shows us through his teachings the best way to live that not only leads to life and freedom for each one of us, but also is the best way to live that can lead to a world immersed in justice and mercy and grace. It's a world that is flourishing, a world that flourishes in, in the way that God intended it to be and how God intended it to be. Jesus was God incarnate or in the flesh. As we, like, as we like to say, this is, he was the embodiment of God. If you want to see what God looks like, look at Jesus. And we incarnate the life and the way and the teachings of Jesus. And in doing so, we liberate our hearts from all that imprisons us. And we liberate our hearts from all that holds it in bondage. And this was one of the things that early friends really wanted to do, was to live a very plain and simple life. And in this way, what they were doing was liberating their hearts from everything around them that would keep them in bondage, that would imprison them, everything um, that would, would keep them stuck. And they simply wanted to follow Jesus in a very plain and simple way. Arthur Mark Scandrett writes this, quote, we are being invited to trust that the instructions of Jesus are based on true knowledge of the way life actually works. They're meant to liberate us from the patterns of thinking and acting that are sabotaging and destroying us and everyone around us. So rather than begrudgingly ask, what do I have to do or how far do I have to go? A better question is this, how free and alive am I willing to be? Or I would add, how free and alive do I want to be? Because what we know or what we eventually experience is that Jesus shows us a life and a way that actually works and liberates us from, as he writes, patterns of thinking and acting 
that sabotage us and destroy us and end up sabotaging and destroying our world. So how free and alive am I willing to be? How free and alive do I want to be? God's intent for all of creation and all of our lives is that of freedom, is that of liberation. And no one knew this better than the Apostle Paul because of his defining moment in which he encountered the living Christ and his life was completely changed in which he excluded and persecuted others based on their race and religion to a life that welcomed and included the Gentiles as well as anyone else that opened their hearts to the transformative grace and work of Christ. And the active agent of this liberating presence is that of the spirit in our life. For as Paul wrote to the Corinthians um, in his letter, quote, the Lord is the spirit. And where the Lord's spirit is, there is freedom. And the spirit makes known to us the truth and the life and the way of Jesus so that we end up knowing how to live and the way we need to live. And in that amazing chapter of Romans 8, Paul writes, quote, there isn't any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. And then later on in that chapter, Paul writes that all of creation will one day be, quote, set free from slavery to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of God's children. Now, I read these verses from Corinthians. I read these verses from Romans. I read the words of Jesus simply to say this, God's intent for our lives, for all of humanity and all of creation is that of freedom, is that of liberation, not just an external freedom, but also an inward freedom that liberates us from anything that gets in the way of you and I fully manifesting and incarnating God's gracious presence in the world. Now, having said that, I don't want to give this impression that one freedom is more important than the other. In other words, Internal freedom is not more important than external freedom, and external freedom is not more important than internal freedom, for we need both to flourish and to experience the fullness of life that God intends for all of us and for our world, for it's in experiencing the inward freedom of God through Christ and that grace that we're able to offer that to the world outwardly. And when we are practicing and offering outward freedom, it just feeds back into our soul again and liberates us even more. Paul wrote this to the Galatians, and this is from actually uh, the, the translation, the message, quote, It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and to destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all, you will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be? Listen to those words again from Galatians 5, 13 to 15. Love others as you love yourself. See, it works both ways. We love ourselves as God loves us, and then we share that love to the world. And as we share that love to the world, as we liberate the world in God's love, then I think it just comes right back to us again and liberates us even more inwardly and in our soul. Love others as you love yourself. That is an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all, you will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be? I think it's fair to say that 
we're probably doing at least uh, a good job of annihilating each other with words right now. Annihilating, annihilating each other with, with violence. Annihilating each other with our own, even frustrations and sometimes our own hate. And sometimes uh, our own spirit. Someone once wrote these words, quote, to put the world in order, we must first put the nation in order. But to put the nation in order, we must put the family in order. To put the family in order, we must cultivate our personal life. And to cultivate our personal life, we must first set our hearts right. Or I would add, we need to liberate our hearts. And to set our hearts right is to set ourselves free to love and to each of us, each be the one who makes the world a better place. I'm sure you've heard these familiar words from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Quote, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. And this begins experiencing inwardly the freedom of God's love, freeing us from our own self-hate, freeing us from our own self-rejection and self-diminishment. So we have what I would call the heart capacity to freely love others and work for a world free from hate, free from racism, free from violence, free from vengeance, free from looking out only for ourselves rather than the common good. Now, does this work? Does it really, really work? Well, let me just add this in closing. Jesus' words on the cross, forgive them for they know not what they do. This was a freely chosen response by Jesus offered freely to his executioners because Jesus felt free in the care and the love of God so he could live free from violence and then he could liberate you and I and our whole world and all of humanity to live in this love, in this freedom, in this liberation. So not only are we set free, but our humanity is set free as well.